Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Howdy, my Welcome to uh, Caucus, the post-election uh, version. Uh, we are here a few days after, four days after we had the election 2020, and we now know where it all sits. We're going to talk about that today. I'm Tim Watkin. I'm Lisa Owen. I'm Scott Campbell. Where's my silver tray? I'm Guy and Espiner. <sighs> no, you get to stay on. <laughs> it's what Scott who's here on guys? specials, right? <laughs> We, well, I, I said we're going to talk about we know where it's set, but we actually don't know what it's set. We've still got specials. We've still got um, conversations uh, between the parties, if not negotiations. We're going to talk about that shortly. But let's first um, hand out, that is Scott, the Scott's envelopes. Envelope. Now, this Lisa, feels like this the Oscars, was, doesn't it? it? We, uh, Guy on the envelope. Where ex- we except we're all losers. For those of you listening on radio, we're yeah. opening uh, envelopes where we had put down what we thought the parties were going to get. We sealed our records. Sealed them. This was Lisa's trick. And we taped them over the top so that you could tell that they weren't opened. And we're all going to embarrass ourselves now. So were we going in percentages or seats? Uh, percentages. percentages. I wrote percentages. in percentages. Oh, Scotty, you're not bad. You're Can not we? Bad. Bad. Okay. All right. Do we have to be honest? Where should we start? Yeah, we have oh, to be yeah, honest. No, be. <laughs> I reckon you first. Okay. I had Labour at 47. They got 49. I had National at 29. They got 27. I had ACT at 10, they got 8, and I had Greens at 6, and they got 7.6. I had NZ first at 3, and they got 2.7. So I wasn't too bad. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I had I had Labour two points lower than what they got, and National two points higher than, than what they got. Um, so I guess, I guess I was surprised that National dipped quite so low, and I was a bit surprised that Labour got quite so high, but roughly it was kind of where I thought bad. it was going to be. Yeah. You're not too bad. I'm going to go after you because I reckon I was the closest to you in the numbers, right? My guesses are, pr- are pretty close to yours. I had Labour on 47, National on 31%, ACT on 8%, Greens on 6 and I said everything after that was a wasted vote. Mm. So on that 47%, on rough calculations, Labour would have got 60 seats on my reckons. But I do have to say there was one thing, and Na, 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 if people are watching, there was one thing that I put on the bottom, and then I got the frighteners oh, on oh, just before yeah, I is. stuck it into the that envelope. The Māori party, oh. party were there, and then they were gone. I said that the Māori party would win one seat, and then I bottled it and crossed it out well, before Scott, I stuck well, it in Scott's the envelope. One has, has a line under it. So, but so, he's, but so, so line is under it. Is it, it under that, it that's, like to, that's a total. I need a scrutiny. All right, you go. There's a hanging chair over there. You got it right that the Māori party would get back in. So I got I got Māori one with brackets seat. So I gave Labour 48%, I had National way over at 32%, I had ACT on 10 and the Greens on 6 and, mm. and then the Māori Party rounding it out with one seat, which I picked was Wairiki. Mm. So we, we we all roughly got it right, but uh, um, overestimated National. Yeah, yeah I, and then I'm, 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 I'm you? a bit of the outlier here. I wasn't, didn't have quite the same um, uh, insight that you guys did. I thought National would, would so I thought there'd be a bit of a return home to National. So I had um, Labour at 46 uh, nat, the Nats at 33. Um, but then I got the Miners right. I had Act at 8 and the Greens at 7.5. Wow. Yep, Hang on, let's bad. have a closer inspection here because he was, he was, he, he also, he also had the Lisa frighteners Ryan. on, oh, no. scrutinising. He also had the frighteners on. He's crossed out and done a, you know, Bad. changed his mind about Labour. He's given he them an extra percent. I did. But, I did. you know, this is your true result. Yeah, yeah. And you were having some thoughts about something down the bottom. No, that was they... a wasted vote. I was trying to figure out the wasted yeah. vote. Someone and that was a wasted effort. I sealed them. If I was cheating, I would have done a lot better than that. Keep National on 33. So as Guyon says, we all overestimated the National Party, but Guyon was the smallest overestimation. And none of us. Do I get the silver tray, You do. Congratulations. I actually think Scotty and you will have to share the silver tray because Scotty had Labour at 48%. Yeah, and then but he's he, got the and Nats then, too high. And too, he has got the Nats too high, high but, but he's got, got the Māori seat. Which he's I got did. the Māori seat yeah, well, in there. And, and I got X 10 seats. Yes. 
Well, well no. <laughs> Cheater. Cheater. Uh, well, I right. bang on eight with they were, and I see I, I did get the, some of the net, the Labour vote coming to the Greens, which I, I got, because you guys all had the Greens lower, didn't you? Yeah, so I, that's I my had one Greens claim. on 6%. It's my one claim to fame is that I got the Greens about right, but I just, yeah, I just thought the, the right things, was... One of the things on. of waking up on Sunday was that I think everybody, or, you know, as we've shown here, knew that Labour was going to have a big number. Yeah. What I found really interesting in talking to people, Labour MPs, on Sunday was that they found it unexpected that they won the seats that they did. Yes. Mm. That was the thing. Yeah, that absolutely. Like, I know. Like, yeah. I mean, Rangitata. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. And this is the, this the is Hamilton some of the, seats. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Both of them. Hamilton East, Hamilton West, Huts South again um, went to their, as you said, Rangitata. Um, and Tuki Tuki, Upper Harbour. Oh, Paula. Paula Bennett's old seat, and then White at Upper as well. Interesting. Yes. Whoops, there goes my mic. And the, me. Um, that's all right. The, um, uh, the interesting thing also is with the party vote, National only won four, the party vote in four seats, and yeah. all in the North Island. So every single South Island seat, party voted Labour. Yeah, that's fascinating. I guess the only upside for them is that it wasn't 2002 where they dropped to 20%. So been they, worse. they did get roughly 27 But it was an absolute shocker. And as we talked about through throughout caucus over the last few weeks before the election, they had a dreadful election campaign. And well, they the had three leaders in a few okay. Well, they and, did have and, three leaders. And, and, which is disastrous. Yeah. And so no one thought they were ready to, to govern. And no. so they didn't vote for them. I mean, they, they made a big thing over the last three years of trying to pull together policy ideas, right? They wrote all of these white papers about different policy areas. They went into an election campaign that was a presidential-style campaign, and they tried to fight with, a policy with three different presidents. With three, well, yeah, <laughs> leading up to it, uh, and and they lost. It was, a, I think, it was a, you know, the leaker obviously had some impact, but I wouldn't think it had five percent like Judith Collins mentioned. No, I mean, again, I didn't think that was terribly gracious. I mean, she hadn't shared any of the polling with anyone, and then said um, when it suited her that the. The leaker had cost her five points. This is Denise Lee that she was referring to. Not as the leaker. As the email writer. As she's the email writer. That's it. That's right. The yeah. distinction. Someone else leaked it's it. Denise Lee's email that was leaked. Mm. Yeah. Uh, probably by an outgoing MP. <laughs> but who knows? Oh, um, there's a lot of them to choose from, well, aren't there? there? There are now, yeah. 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 And look, on the other side, um, the highest vote for the left since Kirk in 1972, um, Labour and the Greens got 57% between them, which is a stonking number. At that rate, you could argue it's the biggest vote for the left ever because it trumps Labour's 55.8% in 1938. So you're going right back yeah. to the foundation of the Labour Party. Um, uh, it's the first time a government can govern alone under MMP. It's the most new MPs for Labour in one um, go since 1935. Um, and so, I don't know, I saw that first reaction in the, in the first couple of days the left were jubilant, right? You see the Greens on election night, they used the word stoked about a Why million times. Why are they jubilant? Well, this is my question, Why right? Why are they jubilant? You saw um, Lila Hurry, Jack McDonald, um, every, all, you know, a lot of the champions of the left going, this is the most left-wing government New Zealand's seen in generations, and I don't buy well, that. Well, hang on a minute, you're not in it. <laughs> no. You're not no. in it, the Greens, and I can understand why they've got that sort of um, post-party kind of hangover with warm thoughts because they exceeded their expectations and at various points after the green school um, extravaganza they probably thought they were hanging by their fingernails from yes. the ledge and so they made it and they won a seat you know first time since 1999 yeah. and the seat's crucial more to come on the seat but why are you ecstatic because Labour has got it all over you they have this massive majority they are in this situation where they have to be really careful, Labour, because one place that their votes came from was from the blue team. Yeah. You know, inevitably, some of these votes came from the blue team. So why did they do that? Now, Tim, I know you've got some strong ideas about well, why you think that some people on the blue team went to the red team. So there's a, there's a bunch of things here. And look, I'm not, I'm, there is, this is not a silver bullet answer. I've, I wrote a piece just after the election and I've been... Um, Quite, quite rightly challenged vociferously on various social media, and I don't disagree with a lot of the points that have been made um, because, yeah, the point I'm making is not the sole answer for the reason it, it landed. But, but my point was that um, in reaction to these people on the left saying, look what we've done, this is amazing, I think you could actually equally look at the people on the, on the centre-right and go, you know what, centre-right voters are going to be pretty happy with, with what they've got. Um, we've got a, um, a, a Labour government that has, in the first three years, been careful, cautious, considered um, there's certainly nothing radical about in their manifesto and what they've what um, I think a lot of the voters on the right 
um, were looking at National as a guy and says, a party clearly not ready for government. They looked at New Zealand first and said, we're done with that. They looked at ACT and a number of them went to ACT and said, you know, we like the, the cut of this jib. But a number of them looked at Labour and said, there's nothing there that scares me. Mm. There's nothing there that actually upsets me. What does scare me is the idea that the Greens could have the balance of power and could force them in a certain direction. So you know what? I can abandon, there's nothing tribe, I mean, the centre-right voters, they abandon the tribe of national, but they don't abandon their values. They just say, you know what, Grant Robertson's been very careful, set himself debt limits, just Ardern Durham has ruled out every tax that's possibly going. Um, I'm going to quite happily vote Labour, and having written that piece, I got a bunch of, um, a lot of email, um, but it's several of them from, um, from farmers in the South Island, from people who were talking to people in rural districts, from a couple of very well-connected um, uh, political insider types in Wellington who said that they've been talking to XMPs and to other people, um, in, especially in the farmer community, who said that in that last week there were a lot of phone calls going around the, around the community saying, let's vote Labour because of those Greens. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think um, no doubt the country was wrapped up in the stardust of Jacinda Ardern and how she Absolutely. has handled the, both the Christchurch um, massacre um, Fakari White Island and then the COVID response. And I think we have to give the Labour Party credit for that because yep. I think it's shown in the numbers. But I also know that a number of people did vote that way, that they were concerned that if the Greens were at the table, it was going to have an impact. Yeah. And I think probably the best evidence of that is this week in the business circles. There's far more certainty, and as a business owner, I've already seen people start to become more optimistic, and they are starting to spend. And that's off the back of the election with a bit more certainty. It's also a convenient narrative as well. And Tim and I have had a, a conversation about this. I'm one of the people who challenged him on his piece. <laughs> uh, you, you know, there is no, uh, there's no solid evidence. No. There's lots of reckons and chit chat over the, over the teacups. And I also feel it's quite a convenient explanation for national. It's like when you lose the race, and it makes you feel better. Say you got cramp in the 18th k. You know. Um, <laughs> In some ways, because, and, and the real test will be obviously if a bunch of these newbies and a bunch of these people in previously blue seats yep. get totally, um, you know, mop the floor with them next time round, whether they are just one cycle of holding those seats. Which brings us to the whole Greens thing and your insurance policy. But yep. I know, Guy, and you've probably got some thoughts on whether you believe the, the narrative that they fled. They two-ticked red. Oh, I think I, I largely agree with Tim's in analysis, actually. Um, and I think that they heard um, Winston Peters' message that um, that a handbrake was needed on the government, and they decided that handbrake was Labour yeah. mm. um, to, to, to some degree. And in some ways, it's not much more complex than saying, look, there's a bunch of swinging voters in the middle who um, will go with a centrist Labour or a centrist national government. Yeah, I mean, it's all exactly the same under John Key. We're obviously centrist leftish voters abandoned David Cunliffe, who got 25% yep. percent in 2014. It's not far off the result we've seen from National this time, and went to John Key. They looked at him and said, oh, I don't see anything too right-wing, too scary. He's not going to gut the state as I know it. He's not going to abolish the benefit. No. He's not some sinister right-wing guy. The most thing was a 49% guy. asset sale, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and so, so they went, OK, I, can, I, can, I don't really like it because it's not my team, but um, yeah, look, I'll go with him because this other guy, the tide's out on him. And and look, if that didn't happen, we would never have change of government. So I don't think it's a, a, a radical idea yeah. that he's putting forward. Um, quite why they reached that decision, we don't really know because no. you can't get your head in, in, inside theirs and, and, and what they put on the ballot box. But and, sure, and a lot is, of um, but people they who voted national before. But the other important sorry, no, point no. to make is that Jacinda Ardern has basically endorsed this view on the night by saying, yeah, govern. we will govern for all mm. New Zealanders. Mm. Well, now, it sounds like quite a benign sort of thing to it's say. It's not, though. But, but yeah, it's basically saying, and she, and she prefaced it before that by saying, look, I know that a lot of people voted Labour for the first time, and we will govern for all New Zealanders. Have we got and a clip to the let's, let's, let's yeah. hear that, and we'll come back and talk about it. Tonight... New Zealand has shown the Labour Party its greatest support in at least 50 years. We have seen that support in both urban areas and in rural areas, in seats we may have hoped for, but in those equally we may not have expected. And for that, 
I only have two simple words. Thank you. And so that was shows you how surprised she was at the 12% swing we're talking about. But then she went on to make these points that Guy and Lisa are talking about. And to those amongst you who may not have supported Labour before, and the results tell me there were a few of you. <laughs> to you, to you I say thank you. We will not take your support for granted. And I can promise you, we will be a party that governs for every New Zealander. Why were they cheering for that? In some ways, because, no, I mean, I get it. It's, it sounds like a great sort of Obama, JFK sort of line, and it's a, it's the sort of political line you expect. But there's a there's a, something a bit darker in that for their voters. It was very Obama esque. That whole speech, inclusiveness, consultation, govern for all people, uh, but. It, that's the message to those people who switched teams to say, don't be scared of me. But then, as you say, Guyon, her, her um, followers are there all cheering for her. And you're thinking, hang on a minute, don't you realise what this means for you? This means she's going to be hugging the centre line, arguably. She's not going to want to annoy those people that she says she's bringing into the, she's bringing into the nest. She's going to govern for them. What does that mean for those policies? That Radical's not the right word, but they're Just more... Just dear to the heart of the Labour yeah, movement. Yeah, dear to yeah. the heart and, and, of the, of the Labour movement. What does it mean for those, for the welfare review, which says you should bump up in um, benefits by, you know, up to 48%. Some of those policies that are going to send shivers down the spine of some of those people who voted for her. I just think, well, are, are, they, are they being offered something vanilla? It's going to be not this flavour and not that flavour. It's going they, to be an inoffensive flavour. Jacinda Ardern hugged all that those those middle voters, right, who came to yeah. her from National. And, and it was a big thank you vote, which is what you were getting at, Scotty. You know, there was a big thank you for getting us through this. But that thank you only lasts a little while. So she has choices now about how she actually keeps trying to embrace those or whether she actually listens to those cheers and plays to that crowd. She's, yeah, got, two, two, she's got a very difficult coalition to work through. Uh, and I guess therein lies the, the interesting part for me, is that the coalition is with her and those 20 ministers around that table, or, or however many ministers she has, but they're her ministers. Yes. They're not other ministers from other parties Unless that she not. has to draw on. Yeah, the coalition of the government is um, between those new-time Labour voters who used to vote national and, and, the, and the Labour voters. It, it sort of reminds me of the possibly apocryphal story of the journalist with the amazing contact book and the person says to them, wow, look at all those names in there, you must get some great stories. And the journalist says oh, no, I can't possibly ring any of them because then they'd never talk to me again. <laughs> and and you sort of have that same thing with political capital, right? So you've got 50% or 49%, you've got 64, 65 seats on the specials, who knows? You've got an amazing majority. But what do you do with it? And you go, mm. oh, I can't possibly do anything with that because mm. then I'd lose the voters um, that, I've, that, I've, uh, that I've grabbed across. And so that's going to be the dilemma for me and the interesting thing to watch this term. Yeah, and that's the dilemma she now faces with the Greens. So obviously they're having discussions. Uh, the Green Party I think used the word negotiation. She uses the word discussion. Uh, if you bring in the Greens in any formal capacity, are you then betraying the people who went to Tix Labour, brought you this massive majority, told you that they wanted you to govern alone? So you've got that rod for your back and also if indeed you come to the third term and those national voters who voted for you for whatever re reasons go back to their side, you need some kind of insurance policy. Uh, so, so you don't you want to just... alienate the Greens. That's right, because so... you've got to know that those swing voters... Um, by definition, swing away again. It's a pendulum. Yeah, so you've got I, I to give think, something to the hard left who are more likely to stick with you. Don't but, I, but I also think that in watching that <laughs> clip that you are looking at somebody who is believable to, to the wider New Zealand public, and that's shown in the numbers, and somebody who is not scary in a sense of setting herself up for as long as she wants to govern. And yeah. I think that that's... For me, that's what came through on Saturday night, which was... But yeah. the shine still goes off, people. It I mean, swing, you would have said those away. same things yeah. about John Key. I, I remember sitting, I me, after 02, when National got 20% of the vote, I remember sitting there with Steve Mahari and Mike Williams. It was a, you know, it was a briefing for the press before their conference, and they openly said, our aim is to um, eliminate the National Party. 
No, they, they actually, and there were serious yeah. discussions. Yeah. They might not quite have put it like, like, like that, but it was pretty close. Uh, eliminate them as a major force or something to that effect. The, you know, and there was serious discussion about the National Party could never come back from this. I tell you what, New Zealand, you wait. If you, once they get their leadership sorted out and the tide swings back, yeah. um, it, 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 it can swing back really quickly. Well, look, you just said yourself, Carla from 25. Yeah, was and who won in 2017? Exactly. But they need, they yeah. need to look Labor. more like New Zealand. And I, well, for they me, do. that's yeah. what, that's what yeah. showed up on Saturday, which mm. was the fact that they don't don't represent New Zealand. Are you well, a well, part of their just... review? Are you going to do their review, mate? Or no, mate, I'm no. out in the cold. You lost that. Con- <laughs> you lost that contract. Let's, let's have a listen to Judith Collins now. on this because let's, <laughs> let's let's talk about where National goes because Judith said this um, after her first caucus meeting about how they needed to do better. We've had a very good caucus meeting um, where we have talked about the uh, review that the National Party is undertaking into uh, the last sort of term of government, um, but all, uh, of opposition I should say, but also uh, the campaign itself. Well, I think there are, um, I very, as you know, I've sort of put everything into it. Um, but, you know, there are a few things I thought, oh my goodness, why did I do that? But that's the nature of the beast, and we're not going to go down a uh, forensic look at that today. It's going down the rabbit hole. Well, that's why we have a review. Well, we'll wait for the review. There's some things I thought I could have done better. She could have done better. Oh, oh I wanted to do a commentary, not about what was being said there, but when you looked at the picture, right? So she's there with her caucus all standing behind her. First of all, um, there was a group of them who were outside of the immediate camera shot. So where you stood, I would interpret something, you know, read something. Mm. You didn't where need you the stood. wide lens either. No. <laughs> it's only 35. No, exactly. And just where hey, everyone, more than us, everyone, <laughs> where everyone was fanned out. And then Nicola Willis and Chris Bishop, I don't know, they looked like yep. they'd been sucking on a sour lemon for a couple of hours. And but they've been the one most consistently behind her the whole time. No, exactly. But there were, there were these very strained smiles, and then Todd Muller is sort of over to the back, and people are asking questions about, um, you know, whether other leadership could have done better. And then the press call forward Simon Bridges, and the real the real moment where you just sort of went Ugh, was when they brought forward Denise. Lee to ask her a question about the leaked email, and I thought we needed the alternative strange. commentary for that. She was calling her dear and things too. Did you hear that? Yeah, oh, I, I thought that odd. was a clanger. And yeah, you're looking at odd. you're looking at that line going, well which done, one dear. of you? Well done, dear. Which one is the murderer? Who was who said? Yeah, I mean, it looked a bit like Claire, didn't it? Yeah. You, you get you get why why she did it. Obviously, the show of unity, and she's yeah. done that a few times before. But yeah, it was pretty it was pretty awkward. And they've got yeah, they got a lot to work through. These things can take a long time. I think credit to her though needs some. Some credit needs to be given to her because it's been a grueling campaign up against, you know, just yeah, RDN yeah. factor, right? And, hospital pass. And she, it? it was a hospital pass, absolute hospital pass. And I, she brought them back into the fight. I wonder how many of them were surprised that they actually had a two in front of well, the number. Well, that's that's true. As we said, it wasn't O2. I mean, 27% is, is um, a, a lot yeah, better than what Bill English did. Um, well, they yeah. were staring down the barrel of some really low numbers, though, if we go back six, seven weeks ago. Yeah, I give her full credit for getting out of bed on Sunday because I don't know if I would have. And even um, when she bobbed along to the um, on the night, and and gave her speech. I mean, others on the international stage have mm. not been um, as charitable. Yeah, I mean, we haven't, Hillary, we haven't Hillary seen Clinton that. didn't turn up to her wake after <laughs> no, the 2016 did, no. election. Did, did Winston Peters turn up to his wake? Well, very for, briefly. For very briefly. Winston 120 Pe- seconds. Yeah, Winston Brief, um, you know, hosted a party at the Duke of Marlborough and Russell, and he turned up and um, said not much more than this. For 27 years, there's been one party that's been prepared to question the establishment and challenge authority. And tonight, more than ever, that force is still needed. For, for in any challenge, it is the preparedness to stand up and take on the challenge, win or lose, that really matters. And as for the next challenge, we'll all have to wait and see. So was that a 
was that a yes, I'm sticking around because the challenge is still there and, and you're measured by your willingness to stick around or was it just words? If you're going to stick around, don't shove Shane Jones out there to deal with all the questions and all the media. Don't go out the back door through the kitchen. On a massive hangover um, for Jones. I'm, yeah, oh, this no, is no. by his own words. No, he yes. said, he said a, a gallon of wine. A, a gallon of red wine. Yeah. Yeah. After the Tennessee whiskey. But, but that's a classic Winston though, right? Go out on his terms. So yeah. like, yeah. And if, leave if everyone it, else chasing around still. Leave, some, and, leave yeah. it hanging there as if there might be a challenge coming back yeah. in three years. He almost looked 20 years um, younger just in that <laughs> one clip um, throughout that campaign. He has been struggling, right? And he has. He would have known that the phone was off the hook over the last couple of weeks. Well, the um, handbrake was on on the bus. Were, yeah, <laughs> that was, was still travelling, but it wasn't of, going anywhere. That's a hideous way to go out when you think of more than forty. I don't mean the vote. I mean the well, the, the idea. Too, yeah, right? that too, because that's what's um, made you hit the skids. Mm. But the thing that sticks in my head is what he said about being the handbrake. So you know, he exits carrying the the cup embossed with the handbrake written this, on it when true. he could have yes. when he could have embraced his achievements in a government that was arguably um, you know on on the up and up in the minds mm, of the New Zealanders yeah, the Greens he could have ridden basis, he could have ridden that yep. way Said, he I am the queen maker he chose to go negative yep. he turned his bus around at the 11th hour and tried to go positive but it was too late so for me yes. he goes out both hands on the embossed cup that says the handbrake. But that's very typical. He, the guy, always wanted Blows a negative. Wanted to, bridge. wanted you know. He he wasn't a. a look, you got to go back and you can say there are things he contributed. You know, the the gold card is there as a legacy to him. The free doctor visits for kids under six. There was some stuff that New Zealand First actually did achieve. But you know, his career is defined by his battling and, and yeah, having a crack at people. His, and and I think his stickability though, for somebody to be around politics for that long anywhere in the democratic world. It's probably unheard of. He's been there, uh, and he's done it. I, I, I'm interested. What what happens now with him? What do you think? Does he does he get a valedictory? What's well, they have to make special arrangements for him mm. to. And Jacinda Ardern but touched step, on but that. Step yeah. one is you have to actually admit your um, political mortality to give a valedictory. Valedictory. So I mean, he hasn't done that yet. Mm. I mean, he may well be planning to come back. This is what he did in 08. He went out, he, he, he scurried underground. Tim will remember this because we, we were trying to, I think we were the first to get him on Q&A. And right. he, there was some horse analogy where he had ridden out into the sunset, but the sun hadn't quite set on a particular hill at the time, or whatever the tortured metaphor was. Um, the, the signal was that he was possibly going to come back, and then he got leaked the teapot tapes, and in 2011 he came back. So, you know, I mean, the guy is still very much alive and kicking, and would you rule out a, um, an attempt at a return? I mean... He would be 78, but as some of us have discussed before, if you look at the top dogs in American politics, uh, many of them are um, in their 80s. Um, and certainly the presidential candidates are, are, are of this age, so it's not unusual yep. in that he country. Could look at Joe um, and Donald going into a you know an American and, and term so and go, why not I mean, me? Who here would write on an envelope and say, uh, like we've just done with these, and hmm. say he's definitely not going to come back? No. Would you? No. He shouldn't. I think I think that's we saw. The, that's the thing I was going to say. Yeah. Just because he may still be alive, active, and functioning, it's not about ageism. It's not about whether he's the right or wrong yeah. age. The question I would put to people is: Has his time passed in terms of his yeah, thinking and the kind question. of politics? My question is: Would you rule out him trying? Would you rule out him trying? No, no. No. no, but but haven't we got someone but else who's now claiming to be the new Winston? Pierce? Well, yeah. this is this is this is who's lovely. This is Tim's favourite. This is my favourite grab of the uh, of the post. Um, well done to um, Amanda Gillies and Duncan Garner on the AM show, who um, had uh, David Seymour from Act On and um, had this little bit of the conversation. Are you focused on making it so big that they actually become bigger than national? Would like would you like to replace national as a, as a? Well, that's well, that's entirely up to the voters. But what I can tell you is that Act is going to be there. Uh, first of all, opposing. Second of all, proposing we're going to be holding this government accountable because you look at the borrowing, uh, you look at some of the social indicators, you know, things aren't getting better and a lot of that stuff's been lost in the adrenaline of a crisis. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, we, we need to generate more nuanced policy solutions, real solutions, not just throwing money at stuff. And if voters start to see more of that coming out of acts and they like it, uh, then who knows where we'll end up. 
And I want to end on a lighter note. Winston is gone. Clearly you are relieved about that. But are you going to have to step up and take the mantle for the one-liners, <laughs> the puns, engaging and entertaining the media? Oh, yeah, look, I mean, my, my goal is um, to be Winston, just not a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I, I think, ironically, over the last however many years, what is it, eight, nine years, six yeah, years, right. he's had a good crack at Davidson. Winston Peters had yeah. a good crack at him every day in the house and every time he can. Ironically, he's probably built him up into the politician that David Seymour is now. It's a terrible irony, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I was interested, you know, there's ambition in David Seymour, right? He's got his MPs, he wants to get bigger. If he can get more nuanced policy, he says, not just throwing money at, he can be the alternative voice. He's going to look at the National Party now in pieces and say in the next three years, I could keep I could keep making some serious inroads. Yes, but he's also had uh, conversations about not wanting to be a lifer in no. um, Parliament. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays that because, as you say, Scott, he's been given this... Um, this really platform and Winston ironically helped him with that so is the party now around him because when you and all about him because when you look at the nine after him at the moment lots of people are scratching their heads going who are you yeah. and look what happens to act once and it yeah. will happen when national gets his act back together and gets it a, will a get leader. his exposures back together too yes yeah. that's right <laughs> and, and, and um you know Sans the dad jokes, possibly. Um, <laughs> well, no, but that's part of that's part of Seymour's power, hasn't it? Actually, it's, I mean, his humour has been oh, sure. a big part of what well, likability, likability, likability. Like, like, and, and and he has gone from being well, he's taken the party from being this sort of really right wing type of party that people were quite scared about. Yeah, right? Crash, so, John Banks, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Rodney Hyde, Rodney Christie figures too, weren't yeah. they? And he, he, like they were they were flinty right wingers. <laughs> and he's brought it to that position where you could okay, well, we can listen to some of what he says and think it's partly sensible. His issue, I think, will be the people around him. And when you're at that type of height, it's a long way to fall. Yeah. And so he'll, he's going from a caucus of one to now a caucus of, what's the number, 10. Yeah, How yeah, does he manage that him. with people who possibly he didn't know too much about beforehand? And now he's walking in the parliament. Yeah, there's a time bomb there. We just don't, we can hear it. <laughs> Ticking away, you can hear it ticking away, and some, some, some journal will dig it up at some point. But one of my, like, I know you loved that um, little piece of audio from him. One of my favourite um, moments from the post-election um, mop-up was the photo outside Parliament of um, Act, and they were all told to, you know, be celebratory and hold their hands up, yay! And then the guy held his hands up, and he had the talking points for the media <laughs> written on the palm of his hand. Oh, I, I think that's okay. No, no, I no, think no, we can be too harsh. No, I, I, I don't personally do it, but if you had to do a big I mean, he fuck a thigh or something, sweet. you might just whack your, you know. It's like school C when yeah. I used to write the answers in here. Did you now, Scott? I'm sorry, sorry. That he wanted to get it right, right? He didn't want to blow. Okay. But he had written his four talking points on the palm of his hand, oh, yeah. so there he is in the photo. All right, that's how it works. Um, to Patimawi, um, you know, you picked that one, Scott. They did, they did well. I mean, the specials are not in, and maybe um, our envelopes might look better, and you might look worse if the, if it swings back. But um, that's the line underneath it. <laughs> I think, I think what it did was it, it gave them. It's obviously given them a, 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 a sense of surety again to carry on for the next election, right? And that's what you've heard them start to talk about now. It was a pivotal moment because if they had not have got across the line or even got close to it, my pick was that Māori politics was effectively gone for yeah. a long time. It would sit with Labour and that would be pretty much it. Um, I think Rawiri Waititi run a really good campaign in the Wairiki. He was on the ground. You saw his face everywhere. My daughter kept talking about the man with the hat all mm. the time. And it is somewhat a protest vote against Tamati because he hasn't been in the electorate as much. It's going to come down to specials. It's going to be a tight race. But what it does say is that um, the Māori Party now has the waka on the water and, um, you know, we, it doesn't end here. We're preparing for the next three years. How were you able to do it against that big red tide that did sweep mm. a lot of seats away? Yes. Uh, yes. Yet you have come back against mm. that. How did you do it? Well, you know what we did? We, did, we ran a strong ground campaign and, uh, and we, we ran a very Māori campaign. Uh, and we capitalised on the vehicles that our people uh, naturally congregate to, especially through kapahaka and through sport um, and through spaces like that where our people actually are. So there's a saying in Māori, the power 
the, the, the rock never goes to the power. The power must go to the rock. And that's, that's how we've run our campaign. God, you'd be humiliated if you were Tamati Coffee, wouldn't you? What's um, the only I thing mean, they lost? It's, yeah. it's the... It, yeah, I mean, it is the, the red tide that's all to you, and you still And it's drown. not just that you lost it, it's as Tim's pointing out there, that everything was going in Labour's favour. They get these huge numbers, and you don't make it across the line, which raises a lot of questions about whether you put the mahi in. And he is still kind of not addressing it because he says, I'm, I'm not calling it yet, the specials are not in. You could be a bit more gracious about it, maybe. The humility factor, which is a huge thing in Māoridom, and I think that that. Yeah. Even if he was to lose that seat, if he showed some humbleness over this period, Tamati might be looked on differently from Māori over the next three years. Now, I think it's a good thing that the Māori Party is back. I think there is a place for that voice inside Parliament. There is, though, also that other, um, the flip side to that, which is there are a lot more Māori in Parliament mm -hmm. just by the fact of MMP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Māori are doing better than their population, um, you know, proportion proportionally, um, which you can't say that about many stats uh, in Tel Māori, but um, what, 15% of the population, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like 19, 20% of the MPs, isn't mm -hmm. it? It's, it's, it's better than, than proportionally for the population. So uh, weirdly, uh, under our first majority sort of non-MMP government result, um, we have some of the um, attributes that we expected from the system when we And this again places again more expectation on Jacinda Ardern's second term government. You've lost one Māori seat, you got six. There is a huge responsibility now to deliver on certain things. I mean you probably got some views on this, Scotty. Where are those where are those MPs going to feature in your lineup now that you've got a bunch of ministers who are exiting, who held portfolios for other um, under other party banners, you know, New Zealand first um, and potentially the Greens, mm. how are you going to raise those ministers up so that those voters who voted for your people in those Māori electorates believe that you are giving them the kudos and the power that they should get? Yeah, and one of the hardest decisions, I think, at the moment is who is her Deputy Prime Minister. Yeah. Because you, they, they purposely put Calvin Davis in that position as Deputy Leader to reflect exactly what you're saying. And because now, they'd been so supportive of Andrew Little, and, and so now when Ardern well, came into that role, she wanted to show that she was still that there was Mara some Corpus. support for Māori. Yeah. And imagine that now, if that is the response, which is actually They're wavering on it, aren't they? Well, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it didn't look like they I don't think him, it, does based it? on his speech the other night that he can be the deputy <laughs> prime minister. But it was a shock. This is his Tanifa weird poem. poem. Yeah, I, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, the, the, well, my view, um, humble opinion, uh, would be that um, they set up some type of really strong Maori caucus inside the Labour Party. They do already, but that it actually has some prominence and has some power. Penny Henari is somebody who has been around and been a fairly safe pair of hands. I think on some of the civil defence stuff over the last little while. He's been gunning for health. He wants it. He yep. won't. I don't think he'll get health. I think but he'll give get him half more of it, of it. Scotty. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll split the portfolio. Okay, I'm calling it now. They're going to split their health portfolio, and the Māori Health Authority or some, um, you know, some mm. authority over that part of it will go to Pene Henere. And also, then you've got. Um, obviously Tracy Martin's portfolio which encompasses Oranga Tamariki I mean who wants that but mm. someone's going to have Nanaima to have Huta, it. Maybe. Well she is, uh, Tracy Martin herself says if she had to choose a minister she would choose Nanaya Mahuta but will Nanaya Mahuta want it? I don't know she seems not so um, uh, not one of those people who enjoys being in the public eye fronting up to the media. I remember she this ran for the leadership. I know she did. You know? And she did well did in well. those debates. Yep, did well in the debates. But that Oranga Tamariki is the one where you're going to have to every day be there to answer the questions on the bridge. Does yeah. she want I, that? I think mental health. It's something to do with mental health, I yeah. think, because that's a huge issue for Māori. I think somewhere in there, if Penny Hinari or one of the Māori mm. uh, caucus members, I think Willie Jackson will, will play a further role in the employment area because that's an obvious one for Māori. Yeah. Bring him inside. I would have thought yeah, if, bring him if, inside. You, if you're Kelvin mm. Davis, here's my thinking of it. If you're Kelvin Davis, you think, um, you know what, I don't know if I, I mean, look, you want to maybe be in your rocking chair talking to your mokapuna in the years to come and say, I was Deputy Prime Minister. Maybe that's really appealing. But he's got to know that from a personality point of view, it's card for him. He's not temperamentally, you know, the guy who stands up in the house and is good at putting the dead bat and, and handling the media and doing that kind of stuff. So why not say, look, I've actually got the stuff I'm good at. I can go on corrections. 
but I can use this leverage, this expectation, to actually really advance the Māori caucus. Right, Jacinda, I'd, I'll, I'll sacrifice Deputy Prime Ministership, but give Pene some good stuff, give Nanaya some good stuff, give Willie some good stuff, and actually play one for the team. I'd agree with that, I'd agree. Yeah, and, and I think what um, Kitty Tapu Allen, I think mm. she'll be yeah. put up the ranks, yeah. uh, possibly outside, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she has something to do with the local government portfolio. Um, she could easily be a minister. She could. Um, she's, she's got a legal background. She's um, she, she won East who, Coast. Who do you think? Because like, whoops, sorry, um, Kieran McInulty potentially coming through. Deborah Russell and Michael Wood are all sitting there. They're actually you Asha know Viral. Some, Asha Viral. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There is some. There is some talent there. Yeah. Who, who's the deputy PM if it's... Uh, if it's well, Grant like, Robertson. Grant. And the model I take is um, Anderson falling falling a, a, away from being the alliance and deputy prime minister uh, to which she had in Winston Peters, was the coalition mm. partner and deputy prime minister. After O2, it was the prime minister and the finance minister who took the number one and number two spots. And Michael Cullen was Mr Fixit, finance minister, deputy prime minister, filling in when the government was away skiing, as he used to put it, um, when Helen Clark was away. <laughs> Uh, Michael Cullen would fill in, and Grant Robertson, who's um, uh, being mentored by Michael Cullen, would fit in that role. If you're going to be a deputy prime minister, acting prime minister, you know, if I had to say, I, I, I think Grant Robertson would be better at that than Calvin Davis. That's not to say Calvin Davis hasn't got a bunch of other skills, and I agree with that strategy. You know, demand some big things for your um, fellow Māori caucus colleagues, but acknowledge that it, it just isn't the best um, use of your skills. Unfortunately, some people have got it, some people haven't. He freezes in front of the media. It's yeah. awful to watch. He freezes in the yeah. house, yeah. as did um, a, who was the departing MP from down south who used to um, got in trouble with Radio New Zealand at one point. The name escapes me. Oh, Sarah Dowie. No, no. Um, um, former communications minister. Oh, Claire Curry. Oh, Claire Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, oh, so he did what I just yeah. did then. You, um, you, your brain doesn't quite <laughs> work. Right. And, 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 it's, and it's really awful to watch. Yeah. It's like someone getting up to do a speech on stage. They're shaking. The audience knows it. Everyone knows it. And it's awful to watch. Yeah. And unfortunately, Calvin Davis does that. Why put yourself through it? Yeah. I think Grant Robertson would make a sensible choice. He's obviously appealed to the business audience over the campaign. Uh, I think he's a safe pair of hands. Um, it, it reinforces exactly the message that, you know, we're governing for all New Zealanders. But, but right? I'll throw, in, in I'll terms throw of the centre part of all New Zealanders, but what does it say to the Maori part of I'll New throw Zealanders? in an yeah, outlier. Yeah, that's the problem. I still yeah. think it's a re- I, I understand exactly the argument. Chris Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, it's Deputy PM. Yeah. Well, give him every goddamn job. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> He's got education and health. He's the new Stephen Joel for and he'll have like $50 billion worth of expenditure. Before, and I know we'll have to head off soon, but so I'm just really curious, who's the new Winston Peters then? The well, David Seymour David tells Seymour. us that, that no. he is. Uh, well, she's not going to give oh, him the foreign, foreign, foreign oh, minister. Oh, the foreign minister for. job. Yeah, I guess, well... David it, Parker? And does a foreign minister travel? Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> um, but but I'm going it's, with Tim. My money's on David Parker. Yeah, probably he hasn't David blown Parker. anything up and trade or started no. any wars. He's, he's got those yeah. international connections. Yeah. One of the biggest brains in the room. And he can handle. he's Harry Potter in yeah. well, under the stairs. And he yeah. can bring those portfolios back. And he can, <laughs> he pack, he can pack those you know, very special wizard. ties that he has. Um, <laughs> he can bring the portfolios back together, which is yes. what happened. And it was only it was only it was only divorced. Foreign and trade. They were only divorced because Winston Peters didn't support the free trade agreement with China. Yes. Um, which was signed in 07 and he didn't want to so so they didn't so so they separated foreign affairs with 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 trade, trade. and and China's still you know Peter's hasn't handled China well this term so it might be good to uh, from a foreign he, policy he point might of view do it to in actually 2023 yeah <laughs> hey we haven't talked about the greens before we go so let's just listen to Chloe Swarbrick if we can Simon on um on election night because you know winning Auckland Central was quite something we fought for something and we might have just made it happen <laughs> to remember this moment when anybody tells you that it cannot be done. So folks, this is the start of not just a moment, but a movement. We keep going. We keep going. Is this the start of a moment, guys? Good on her. It feels like one of those ones where you, you know, you're at a party and someone turns the light on and you realise that, you know, uh, the, the reality of the situation. I mean, when you fast forward to, to now, where, where's their leverage and where is this journey going? Um, look, so full respect to her uh, winning that seat. She worked really hard at it. She deserved to win it, in my view. Mm. And, and look, it's, 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 it's really cool. I was excited about that. It's, it's, it's a great um, moment for her. And the Greens did very well on the night. But again, they've been, 
you know, that the, the bridesmaid, aren't they? Um, where they keep, you know, Helen Clark did it to them. She left them out uh, in, in 05. They haven't had the leverage or the negotiating sort of strategy that New Zealand First has had. And here we are now where they have a great result. And, and what do they get for it? So it's something of a victory. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, get, they get some seats in the crossbenches with a few little crumbs fed their mm. way, I think. Wow. One yeah. of the interesting would things... Would you go in, though? What, what would you do? So if you're James they, Shaw... They've got, they got to get something. They got, they're right? not going to be offered it. No, but, no. But if, if, if they, 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 get, if they, they get back something. right away? Yeah. Do they back right away and say, let's not even and have I'd a conversation? And I'd like to remind you that you were utterly wrong um, in, in the previous caucus where you claimed that Labour wouldn't want to govern alone. No. Is that disrespectful uh, to bring uh, that up? I was, I was I, wrong too. Wait, well, hey, wait, well, wait and see. Wait and see how close... They don't want... They want to just no, they they want the power like any other politician. They want all the power. This is what they're going to yeah, get. an MOU. They're going to get a memorandum yeah. of understanding. This yeah. is the one from National and the Green Party in 2009 yeah. where it lists a couple of things that they're going to get. Some um, chit-chat on and potentially some policy concessions. And in this one, it was home insulation, yeah. energy efficiency. They get clumsy. They get crumbs from the gluten free yeah. bread, and yeah. that's it. That they're going to get a car park. They're going to get a bike rack. Yeah, mate. That, that's what they're going <laughs> to get. Bike rack. Um, a memorandum of understanding at best, and pro possibly some kind of position outside <laughs> cabinet, but that's it. But James Shaw, but yeah, but, but climate change still? No? You were, they're not going to give James Shaw climate change minister still? Farmers, two ticks, red. Are so, you really going to give it to him? So, so my mere culprit, so I said a few weeks back that I would give up Jimmy, my plant, um, if the mm. Greens made it back. I, I'll keep him around until 2023 you said when you our caucus get, <laughs> gets back together. I think that I did pick close to one of our very first caucus meetings. I did. I, I said that she would be there or thereabouts. We'll go through the files that. and see. Did you get an there. apology at all during this campaign? Mate? That was one of your things uh, that you wanted. Who did I want an apology from? From anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm, still waiting for Winston. Uh, I'm still waiting for Winston, actually. So. I'm still not convinced oh, Labour particularly wanted this, all this power, but they've got it, and they did fight for it, so they must have wanted it on some level. Are you kidding me? They're politicians. Yeah, of course yeah, they wanted the yeah. power. Like, okay, and just I, before I, we go on, on Auckland Central, um, Chloe's win, I thought uh, Helen White, not a great campaign, and not some, uh, and a very bad tone. Yes. In some, and she's still going with it. In some areas. So uh, I think she did, sunk her own ship in the last... Um, few weeks, especially I, with the comments about I wonder, it'd be great if Chloe bowed out. I wonder what sort of, of tension of there'll be in that caucus with someone who holds a seat versus the leaders who are there by way yeah. of getting over the 5 Well, Chloe's a future time. leader. But, but she, um, you know, I, this could be really significant for the Greens. If they can build on a seat, then all think about the last few campaigns where it's always been, can the Greens get 4%, you know, wasted vote. Yeah, this but, takes but, away but all that argument, right? You can, how you can are say we're going, guaranteed. How are they going to advance any of their interests in no, this term? they're not. It's like 1999. They're not. They won a seat, they get over 5%, and what do they and get? And they get left, yeah. And, 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 until, and, the and, and this will be really controversial if people want to write in or text me in or, <laughs> or savage me on social media. Um, but until, until they have a, a negotiating strategy or that they can work with both sides of politics they're not going to get that and and you can say oh yeah but they should never go with national that's fine have that that, that you, you, you do do that that's cool but you're not going to then you're always going to be at labor's beck and call and that's the difference between them enough. and new zealand first unless you can take enough of them or the maori party who did the same yeah. they worked with national yeah. and people get crucif crucified for them for that but if you're a smaller party and want leverage then you you need to be open to both sides of politics otherwise you're not going to have that leverage and if you don't want that then that's fine mm. but this is the kind of situation you get left in which is exactly what Stuart Nash said in the dying days of the election campaign when he said um, on uh, Mike Hosking that what are the Greens going to do, go and form the um, most unholy alliance in politics? Yeah. yeah, nah. And the problem with that, I mean, I, I can still see the so argument... So you take that, them for granted, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I can still see the argument that James Shaw makes that, that there cannot be a scenario where, even if it was close, you're going to choose Labour anyway, right? When you're in a position where you're going to go, you could go either way, who actually believes you're going to choose National over Labour at any time? So it's a bit of a, it's a pretend position to take because everyone knows what you're going to decide in the end. But it's not because everyone knows what you're going to do in the end. Oh. But the problem is that Labour... No, they don't because everyone thought they knew what Winston Peters would do yeah. every time well, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you have to and actually go and do it once. And a lot of people didn't like it. But, and, and so I'm not going to come down on either side of that. No, no. But if you want leverage and negotiation, then, then the person who's showed you how to do it yeah. is Winston Peters. Look yeah. at what he was able to, to garner in terms of even money alone. I mean, they had a $3 billion fund. He had 7.2% of the vote in 2017. Less mm. than the Greens have got um, in 2020. Yeah. And look at what he got 
for it. The I, ministers it, and, the, and the putia that he got was extraordinary compared to what the Greens are going to get. Now, yeah. you might say it's cynical negotiating tactic and you don't like it, but you can't really have it's both. Power. So, yeah, it's yeah. been a campaign for the ages, though, and I think one thing, it, it started to look really boring. Uh, the first sort of few <laughs> weeks, it was a boring campaign. But for me, this parliament is actually something that I, I see a bit of optimism in it. You've got a decision by Labour who's a majority. Do they go and try and be transformational? Mm. Or are they a little bit conservative to not lose that soft National Party vote that they might have won? You've got the Nats in their rebuild. You've got ACT, who have now come from nowhere. And you've got the Greens trying to figure out where yeah. they are. And, and the, the Māori Party. Party back with the foothold. And, and you've got to wonder, with, with Labour in charge, they've got that choice. They've got to be conservative to some extent for that middle. But can, can they actually go into 2023 not saying, here is our record on our transformation on at least one of those things, right? At least poverty. So they've, got to, they've got to pick something, don't they? Mm. Would they I mean, I, I think they might, if, if you're Labour and you had to pick one thing, and we can wrap up on this, what would you do to, to get through? I think they could still afford to go hard on poverty. Yeah, I, I think welfare because of the relationship with the Greens and um, wanting to keep the left content. Picked up very few things from the welfare reform, they would argue otherwise. I think the big ticket items are still on the shelf, they have to do something there. Yeah, I'm probably going to be a little bit more short-term transformational and just figure out the borders and give us a plan out of COVID yeah. and get us back over the next three years to set us up for that 30-year period. Yeah. Child poverty, I think, or, yeah. or poverty more broadly. I mean, yeah. Lisa characterises it as, as welfare. You categorise it how you like. But yeah. I think if they don't make inroads into that underclass, which has been, as John Key famously yeah. called it, um, then they will be um, harshly judged by their own for that. Yeah. Um, and if they want to balance it with the centre, they can always do the RMA stuff as well because they've got the whole parliament wanting RMA reform, so they can... Okay, can I have my silver tray now? Okay. Yeah, we, we promised we'd be gone by lunchtime. <laughs> is that, it, it, it is lunchtime. It is lunchtime. The special's in and I'm out. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Um, Guy and Scott, Lisa, uh, thank you guys for all your time over the um, weeks. I know this is, you know, we do this on top of the day job, so it's hugely appreciated. Um, uh, so kia ora and thank you for all of your time. Just and a silver tray, thoughts. mate. Just a silver tray. I just, I, they're, they're at the engravers. Well, <laughs> Um, and Putting you, something on the tombstone, are you mean? Yeah. To you who have been watching and listening at home, thank you for everybody who tried us out on YouTube. Um, this will be here as well, this episode. And to all of you who have listened um, on all the podcast platforms, thank you so much. We'll see you anon. Who knows? 2023. See if we can make a comeback. Keep watering the plants, Cody. Thanks, guys. See you later. 